In this episode, I'm researching what's really working on the front line. In under a year, Zach Haslett went from sales development representative to account executive. And as an SDR, 95% of the meetings he booked were set through cold outreach. And he was responsible for influencing $4.5 million in revenue. Now, as an account executive, he sources and closes his own deals. During our interview, Zach opens up about how when he first joined Air Garage as an SDR, things didn't come easy. It wasn't like things just clicked right away. We dive deep into his aha moment when he realized that if he was going to be his best, he was going to have to get real with himself. This is an amazing story of how when you're totally accountable and self-disciplined, you can accomplish anything. Zach is a recent promotion from SDR to AE, and I had to get him on the show because he exemplifies a lot of great characteristics that we look for uh, in, in top performers. And not only that, but you know, he has a certain way of thinking that it goes to this. So there is a method to his his madness, if you will. Um, so a little, little background here. I want to set the scene. You, and this is important. So you graduated Dublin Jerome High School, earned three letters for your football coach, while also playing four years of varsity baseball. So football, dual sport, athlete, uh, led your team to two uh, led your team to a co-conference championship in 2015, named Conference of the Player 2015, and was a two-time all-conference selection. Not only that, went on to play football at Miami uh, University, Ohio Miami <laughs> University, just for clarification, not Florida. Uh, played all four years, Division One football program, uh, right out of college, went into home warranty sales, residential account manager for uh, a IGS energy. So a utility company, right. For, for folks like me and businesses that need to keep the lights on. Right. Uh, after that landed in his first SDR position at air garage, where we met, uh, was in that position for 10 months and then was promoted to AE. This was about two months ago. I think it was last month, right? January. You, you were yeah, promoted. January yeah. first. Congratulations yeah. on that. So you're obviously just on the momentum and a roll here and doing really well. And I know you're going to temper my, what I, he's a very <laughs> humble guy. So he's going to temper my, my, my talks to hear about him, but I want to say this air garage also is taking off. If you were to look at sales navigator and look the company up, they've grown like in the last two years, 300% uh, by headcount. I mean, it's just uh, up into the right in terms of people. So you guys are taking off and I think you're at well over 2 million people who have paid for their parking uh, through your app. Is that right? Through our just mobile payments. Yeah. Yeah. So as a, as a regular person right now, not a parking garage operator, but everyday people right now, you, you're running around the streets, trying to find somewhere to park, grab that air garage app. You can find somewhere to park and do all this great stuff. You, you can tell more than I can. What is air garage all about? Yeah. So we are a, I guess, technically a, a startup in the parking management space. Parking management has been a pretty antiquated business for mm over a century now. So that's where our founders came in. They had a really great idea. And there's obviously others in the space as well, but there's just a lot of different areas to help increase revenue, make operations and everything smoother for not only the owners, but also the, the user. And so that's where Air Garage kind of came in. It started off with, um, so Jonathan, Scott and Chelsea, they were at Arizona State, started with student parking because student parking was super hard to find at Arizona State. And then they worked with their first church and then they're like, wait, commercial real estate with uh parking this is uh this could actually be scalable versus like the kind of driveway parking for students so mm. it off from there and I'm, I'm super grateful to be in the position i'm in now with air garage uh it's kind of crazy how it came up too i was i had three requirements for my next job because i was happy at igs like great people 
absolutely like super grateful for like getting the chance to work there too. I had no sales internship experience. Oh, stats and I went from bio pre-med to stats and analytics with football, mind you. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I barely made it out. But um, stats and analytics and football. I mean, I mean, analytics and stats and sports. I mean, that's a thing now, you know, right? I mean, for sure. And that's what I thought I wanted to get into. But then I got a sales internship with IGS and I'm like, wait, <laughs> sales internship. Drop that. Yeah. I mean, it's a quick note there. You know, you don't hear about those every day. Exactly. And this was in the heart of COVID, too. So they had uh, moved to all remote and I was like the last add in. They weren't too sure about me. So like, who is this guy? Like, he doesn't have any experience, but you know, we've heard about him because it was in my hometown. So uh, did really yeah. well there. And um, so then I took the full-time role and again, like gave them all, give them my all. So like right. when I left too, like, and I'm, I still keep in touch with all my leaders, Brian, Tony, Taylor, Brian, I can chat all you guys out. Um, Ed and one, was a sales rep there, Ed, who was super good too. And he taught me some stuff that made me a lot better too. Cause I wanted to be from the beginning, I'm like, sales is a, is a craft and that's something I want to get good at because like we mentioned, it's, and you actually tweeted out today, there's some parallels between sports and sales, which right. I can get into more. Yeah. And we will, and we will, because that's yeah. why I wanted to set the scene about, you know, the football career. And it, yeah. look, if, if you get a chance, go look him up, Google and look at his highlight reel. I mean, number <laughs> two, uh, scrambling all over the field and just Dropping bombs, running the field. I mean, the guy is athletic for sure. And exemplifies a lot of what we talk about when we think about athletes and the transfer to B2B sales. So I think that's one of the real reasons I wanted to get on here and unpack this because you, you really hit that uh, for me. So, but it wasn't always, you know, you've been on a roll with, with Air Garage. You've got the promotion recently, but it, it didn't always start out. It didn't, what I should say is it didn't start out so smooth. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, the inflection point where you had a, a realization to turn things around and get to where you are now. Yeah. So I'm going to roll off there and say, yeah, I'm not on a roll, but yeah, I did. I ended up like finishing off strong and getting promoted at like right at the beginning of the new year. And I, my first day was like March 21st. So it was like almost under nine months. Um, but so the first. Well, and just yeah. real quick, I mean, just think, hold your thought because you know, that validates a lot of stuff that's talked about in the market. A, SDR is going to AE. That is a true, real career path that we aspire to. It is possible. And folks like yourself are realizing it. Um, you know, but then the fact that you're 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 getting your skills, you're moving on to the next level. I mean, it exemplifies what we talk about. And the fact that you did it within a year is also another data point that is validated because often SDRs do move on within that year point. So, you know, for folks that are designing in their career pathing, this is something that, you know, is real and it should be. I mean, you know, I, I would imagine you want to move your career on. You probably want to keep moving on beyond this at some point down the road, but I interrupted you. Keep going where you're at. Good. You're good. So yeah. And oh, also what I was kind of saying earlier too, is I had three requirements, uh, B2B software option for remote. So I get hit up out of the blue from Max Keefe, who also played football in Miami five years before me, was good friends with the older brother of a guy I played with. That was a connect there, uh, interviewed and everything. But mm -hmm. so really crazy, like how I even got connected with this. But yeah, so I knew it was going to be tough, but those first six, seven months, especially in a startup when there's not a lot of, you know, you, you don't have that household name and it takes a lot of true just like your tone is everything, how you open up a call, like your, your actual knowledge of the, of the product as well, but being able to make them take you seriously first, because it's a bunch of, you know, commercial real estate owners who I'm speaking with. So it's not your typical demographic for a tech sale, if you will. Um, that's yeah, it's, it's, 
it's it's different because yeah, you know no, it is yeah i mean there is a you know it's generally it's smb as a category yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah exactly and a little bit of enterprise but again it's a lot of mm. a lot of people who aren't typically thinking about more of it like a an efficiency side or a, a tech side of of their of their parking side they're just like here's my money right. it's a it's a money-making asset so uh the, one of the biggest things I remember was when actually, so our VP of sales now, Matt, he came in about three or four months later. You helped me a lot at first too, I will say. And like Carol was great too. Every, like, I know you guys were absolutely foundational in the beginning and Matt has obviously yeah, just taken been, it. Yeah. Yeah. An incredible addition. And so I'll never forget. I, I had a call that I thought was like, you know, I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like it, it was like 15 minutes. Like we had a great conversation. It's I a thought, cold call to be specific. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Cold call. Yes. It's a cold call. And I finally got like some good info and long conversation with, uh, with actually a Denver owner. Uh, it was a couple months before I moved out here and Matt and I are listening to the call. He's like, dude, this is not good. <laughs> like, Ooh. Yeah. And we're, we're going to get into this side of it too, but, and I needed that. Like, that's exactly what I need. Cause I was like, excited to show him. I'm like, Hey Matt, listen to what I said here. It's like, he's like, you got to change your idea of what's good because this isn't good. And I need you to That's practice this more, like because because we have there's a value process that you got to be able right. to just rattle off right away, like increase revenue, lower costs, better enforcement, or just less hassle and headache. So when someone asks you what do you do differently, I was kind of juggling between them, like oh well we do this and uh we kind of a bunch of us and mm. I thought since I said it it was good and it yeah, was I got just, it out. <laughs> Exactly. I got it out. Finally, I got to that point of the cult. It just too. wasn't as succinct and wasn't, you know. Exactly. It wasn't there. And right. that was honestly such a huge, it was about, I think it was in, it might've been in June. So I, I think it was like his first couple of weeks and it totally, I was like, oh my gosh, like I am not good. I need to get good. I am tired of acting, saying that I want. So to it wasn't just the call though. I mean, you're, you're for all sake, you know, for full transparency, your, your numbers, the, the booked meetings that we oh, get yeah. measured on, you were struggling a little there as well. Yeah. At first for sure. Mm-hmm. And then it was a little bit tough because we didn't have much of a process and that's mm-hmm. where now we have much more process since we're early stage. We now have had, a, we have a sales ops guy, we have someone underneath him and we got, we have a lot of that stuff taken care of now, but the, yeah, at the beginning, the infrastructure. I yeah. I definitely felt like I was, I was struggling. I mean, every day, I was really doubting my ability in sales. I was like, maybe I'm not as likable as I thought. <laughs> like, no, man, no, this is, this is what we're here to talk about is exactly yeah. these things. This is the, the yeah. headspace that, mm-hmm. you know, we get caught up in when, when things aren't going you know, as, as smooth as we hope for. Cause you're used to being a, you know, a top performer. You're used to standing out. You're used to, you know, working hard, getting that starting position and those sorts of things. And to not have it click in the beginning. I mean, I'm sure that's, it can get you into a dark place. I know. I know. Absolutely. Um, and I actually did kind of go through some of that similar with football. And that's where I kind of put it all together there where I'm like, I am doing something similar that I did in football in Miami. It never panned out how I thought it could or would really. And it's my fault. And it took me kind of like a year, or two years to realize, you know, I can make a million excuses and be like, Oh, well, this coach didn't want to play me. I had this injury, but no, when it really comes down to it, I wasn't doing enough outside. My actions outside of football were not aligned with my goals. Mm-hmm. And that's where it really like also clicked is like, yeah, you can show up every day and work hard, but what, what the hell are you doing outside of that? Like the hours that you're required to be there. And that's when it really came together. I'm like, I'm doing this again. I'm, I'm, it's almost like a, it's another 
it's wow. the, the pattern. Yeah, exactly. Where I'm like, I think I'm, why am I not at this level yet? Why am I not as good as this guy? Oh, wait, this guy is in the film room every day. This guy is going to treatment twice a day and on time, getting good sleep, eating right. Like, and it's the same exact thing in sales and, and other jobs as well, but sales is well, you're talking like, about sales, yeah, and in, in your yeah, career it, specifically, yeah, and what's exactly, working. and mm-hmm. it's it's very much based off for performance. Um, so I'm like, right, I'm not exactly. listening to calls every day, so I need to start listening to calls every day. Oh, I'm not I'm not reading any sales books, and I have a few that I wrote down that I want to share with people that yeah. you should definitely read. Uh, and there's a there's a saying that if if you take enough advice, it all cancels out to zero. It's from Abacant. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so I think about so that's why like. I think when people try to read too many books, I think it's kind of becomes redundant. Like anybody can, uh, you know, take in a bunch of content. I've even said this before is, uh, yeah, anybody can absorb a bunch of content, but can you apply the, the learnings? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest thing too. It's doing, I was tired of thinking about wanting to be good or wanting to be good. Liking the idea of it's like, no, like I can do the work to make myself good. And it's going to be painful. It's good. It's, I mean, it's not going to be right away, but I just so you talked about you talked about eating right, watching yeah. film, doing all those things. So it sounds like you weren't doing that at school and you were kind of effing off, if you will. And Absolutely. you know, hey, you're a young dude in college, away from home, and you're you're, yeah. you're having a good time and just <laughs> lost focus. Is that Absolutely. what yeah? So I lost yeah. focus and people who so I came in, I was I came in as a preferred walk-on with a few other guys who became preferred walk-ons, uh, a few of them like my absolute like best friends going to be groomsmen and for my wedding and everything. But three of them got I on saw on your, uh, your, your website. Yeah. So, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a few of them got on scholarship and like, yeah, we still all like to party. One of them is a little bit, we, he's the most disciplined and we'll all attest to that. Like he, and he got on scholarship first and, but his actions from the very beginning were aligned with his goals. Mm. And so I look back on people who I learned from like my friends and former teammates there's uh, a so, plug for you are who you hang with. Exactly. And so Ryan McWood is his name. And then Jack Sorensen was another guy who um, just from the very beginning and just was on his shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he, and he was super like, they were both like super talented, but they were also the ones in, in the film room, like doing everything right outside of it. And, you know, there's people who are super talented who maybe don't have to go as hard, but the majority of people who make it to those next levels are because everyone's good. Right, right. It's who's putting in that extra work. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you said that. And I'm, 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 I know I'm going to bob and weave in here a little bit, but good. there's a, there's a theory out there that top performers who are naturally good, aren't able to become good managers. So when you think about in the sales context, those that just outperform everyone struggle to be good leaders because they have a hard time articulating their process and what makes them successful and what I'm hearing you say is that there is a percentage of those people, maybe, but the majority of the people that you've identified in your career and influenced your your track uh, have been the people who just had had a process and just worked it and worked it and worked it and and then got the results. Uh, not necessarily, and you know, the, in terms of where you are now, and now you're doing some coaching and 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 so forth, but. To that point, it feels like you, there is a method, and I I know you personally, so I know, you know, when it comes to the sales context, there is definitely a uh, you know a method there, and you know, so the idea that we don't know what makes us successful is not always accurate. Folks like yourself have your routines down. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I don't, again, I, I'm not going to say I'm successful, but I've, I've had some success in at, being humble guys. I told you <laughs> I've had some success as an SDR and I can yeah, absolutely yeah. attribute it to the extra work I started doing for myself because I was tired of making excuses. Like I said, like I get really heated about it. Cause I think about those times where I was like, why am I not good? Like, what am I doing to make myself better? Nothing. Okay. Well, what can I do? And, and this is when you were as an SDR and trying to turn yeah. the corner, right? So, uh, <laughs> make that parallel between you talked about what folks were doing in a football setting to get to yeah. the next set. So how do you equate that to what you did as an SDR? What are those actionable things that you did, I guess, to your point outside yeah. of the normal required time to turn it around? Yeah. So listening to at least one call every day at, at, should be yours um, or well, actually, no, I'm going to take that back. So one of your calls and you should also be listening to the top performers, like listen to their calls, right. like hear what they're doing. Maybe take don't don't emulate their style because I tried doing that with a couple guys and it just did not work. I try like emulate. So you got to find your style and that's hard. It, it takes yeah, time yeah, to take yeah. practice and reps. Um, so, yeah, I and I started just saying F it like I'm not afraid of failure. So you just got to get those reps and just go for it and, you know, pray before. Um, I mean, that's something that's kind of changing my life too. I've gotten like my faith back and just yeah. like ha having, and just being like, whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to give it all I got. Mind, so, body, and soul, man. It's all exactly. the Trinity. It all comes together. Yeah. Exactly. And then reading sales books. So, so what are those books? I mean, you you yeah. want to drop those and we'll put them in the show notes for everyone. Yeah. The challenger sale. Oh yeah, absolutely. I got that right here. Yeah. I take, I take all the covers off of it, but I got that right here. Yeah. I got it right here too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then I, I listened to the audiobook a few times for pitch anything by Oren Clapp. Yeah. That's right here too. That's right here too. I'm not yeah. That's all about. And, and, and we didn't plan these guys. We didn't plan this. No, not at all. Um, I, that's, I was like excited to bring these up and I love that you have those. Um, absolutely. Refer so vacuum off like, I'll also follow Bowtie Sales Guy on Twitter. Uh, I'm plugging Bowtie him. Sales Guy. Okay. Yeah, you. Yeah, you guys should all be full because he. I think, I think he would agree with a lot of what he he talks about a lot about frames, and that's all that you know. Pitch anything is about like the kind of frames and like the hot cognition, the crock brain, and super interesting like how much psychology can go into it. And I'm not like I'm not saying I'm good at it, but it's super interesting. It changes how you think and how you approach your outreach and everything. And how you how I'm running meetings now as well. I get to run meetings, which is great. I love running discos and, and demos, and it's a whole other ball game. Yeah, no, it's a different. Um, yeah, it's a different oh, skill set. Mm -hmm. That I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to learn. Um, and then gap selling, another one. Gap selling, yep. Uh, that's uh, Keenan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's got a, a way with words, but oh yeah, Keenan. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, reached out to Keenan early days. Sorry to make this about me. Just a quick moment. Okay. Early days trying to build my brand, 2015, 2016, Instagram. I sent him a DM and I was like, hey, man, I want to be like you. I mean, I didn't, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I was like, man, you, you you got me fired up. I want to get to that point where I can, you know, put the content out there and, you know, inspire people, teach people. And uh, he, boom, right back with a video message. Like, dude, get out there and get after it. He was super inspiring and supportive. I'm like, Oh, hell yes. And just, you know, I'm not that that was the defining moment for me, but, it, you know, since we brought him up, good dude, check out the book. And I hope he listens to this podcast. Yeah, me too. That'd be dope. Um, and then never split the difference. Not quite a sales mm. book, but psychology negotiation. Uh, Chris Voss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he, he did an interview with John Burroughs that was fire. And John Burroughs says it's his number one episode that he's had on his podcast. 
Um, he talks a lot about being in a rush to get uh, yes as a problem. You know, like we should be absolutely right. And I think absolutely. that it just changes that little bit of change in your message. You can't be afraid of the no. That's where he, he said. Well, you got to get the no. You know, instead of asking, "Can we have a meeting?" Would it be crazy to have a meeting? Yeah, you know that that subtle change can be can be uh, significant. But anyway, sorry to distract you again. I, I do that. Good and well, and so yeah, books. I just started just like little instead of watching like, and there's nothing wrong with shows, and there are tons of successful people who don't, you know, have these processes. And I'm not saying you have to do this to be successful, but if you're right, someone right. in sales who maybe you know is in a position where you need to put in that extra effort and you're not getting the results you want, there's these are exact things you can do for yourself: is listen to calls from yourself and uh, top performers and be brutally honest with yourself and figure out things you can do and take the time to listen and have and, other people listen to your call. I think that was what was absolutely. material about what you said is that you, you, uh, you got a blind spot that was exposed. Yeah. You know, you thought awesome. you were on fire and you got corrected real quick. Right. So I think that's, that's, important. And that's what kind of really yeah. changed everything. It's the importance of coaching. And that's what we, we yeah. do. it's not a comfortable place to be in all the time, giving people feedback and telling them maybe what they don't want to hear. Cause I'm sure in that he knew, he wasn't about to break your heart a little bit, you know, oh, for sure. but he's, we, I, we yeah. both know him. He's like an old back, you know, he's going to, he's yeah. gonna let you know, right? but no, he's for sure. He's mentioned to me for it too. He's like, it's not easy doing that, but right, it's like, right, right. you got to do it. And if you can't, my thing is if someone can't handle that kind of feedback, then I mean, you don't, I don't want to say you don't want to get better, but you don't want to get better. <laughs> well, that's where it goes to coachability, right? Now, yeah. look, there's a style and a way in which the feedback Absolutely. can be delivered. And this is quite frankly, in all transparency, been my, biggest challenge point is when I'm coaching, when I'm giving feedback, it can come across real direct. And, you know, I, I intent, not intentionally will make people feel a certain way when I'm really got their best interests at heart, you know, and yeah, I might be exposing a blind spot that might border on their personality. Like you were talking about tonality earlier. Sometimes people just naturally have a high pitch voice or a very deep voice like me or very slow, you know, these natural tendencies. And it's hard to coach people to say, Hey, you know what? Can you, can you adjust the vocal cords a little bit? Can you speed up, slow down in your, your pace? And yeah, anyways, the delivery of that feedback, I, I think is important. One thing I had set up to talk to you about um, is that. So I just want to jump to it. What is like, what attributes or describe what kind of coaching style would get the most out of someone like yourself? Just direct as hell. Okay. And obviously, so in football, there was a lot of college football more. Um, there was a lot of you suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we like, can't talk like that in corporate America. <laughs> yeah. So they wouldn't some, some of that stuff, but I'm like, I've heard that before. So when I, yeah, it hurts when you get told like, this isn't good, but you need oh, to be told straight up. Yeah. Instead of saying you suck, be like, Hey, this was not good. Hey, you have these strengths. Like maybe you should lean on that more. And, you know, here's some tactical things you can try, but it's good to be told like, this was not a good call. Here's what you could do better. And I feel like a lot of times where it can go wrong is when you don't give anyone anything actionable to do better at, instead of just expecting them to do better, you got to tell them how to do better as well. So being direct as direct as hell, but then also providing some sort of framework feedback path to where they can uh, could have improved that's good um, because yeah. you know part of you know we call this the sales consultant podcast and one of the things that a consultant will do typically when they go into a new engagement is they'll do an assessment and part of that assessment will include stakeholder interviews and one of the major stakeholders typically is going to be like for me is going to be the sdrs themselves 
and the auxiliary team supporting them, whether it be ops, AEs, uh, marketing, and so forth. So you're always trying to get that real frontline feedback. What's the real here and now and current situation realities that are happening in the front line? And how can we, and a lot of times it's hard for a direct manager to have that, like, how can I get better conversation? So that's why I wanted to ask you that question, because there's a manager out there like myself who's trying to get through to their people and has every best intention to do so, but might be coming across a certain way when they don't intend to. And so being mindful about, okay, what is it that, there, you know, what is it that someone like a Zach would respond to that will help me, right? Because managers, we, we don't get a lot of, you know, coaching, unless you've worked for a large organization like myself, I, you know, at Verizon and Dell, they have these like year long programs they put you through to help you understand how to manage people. But generally speaking, in smaller organizations, you go from player to coach without understanding how to coach. Yeah. And so this, this is why it's important to hear from you as someone who's still an individual contributor capacity to say, Look, if you want to get through to your people, what you just said is what you need to do. Yeah, be direct, but then provide steps for them to take to get better. Right. Versus I've heard many times where the people just tell them that it's not good. This was bad. This was bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I do oh, want to say something too. Oh, yeah, this, hit me. This is way unrelated. It was only three years of varsity baseball, not four. <laughs> so ah, okay, good. Okay. For the fact checkers out there. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to, because if anyone from baseball hears this or something, I don't, I don't want them to think that I let he that He's out there fronting. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's out there lying to everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so really important that coaches are not afraid. And again, if someone can't take that kind of feedback, then there's obviously other ways, but I don't know. There's a but lot. No, of but I appreciate your balance of, uh, this because that, that is the thing is that's not only on me as the manager, as the coach to check my style. It's also you to check your sensitivities and say, look, you know, they're trying to help me get better here, you know, and it's nice. That's a huge thing. That's actually a great point that you brought up is people being introspective on themselves and being, being real with themselves, like understanding that, no, they're, they're not that good or like this was bad and being able to deal with that though, too, and be like, I'm going to get better though. And I'm going to work at it. It's, it's that you don't have to be down on yourself. And trust me, I was, I mean, I was so down, like I was in a bad spot and I've been in several bad spots for the last like six years or like through college football. Like that was like one of the darkest times, also a great time. Don't get me wrong, but like during the week and stuff in the, in the, in the midst of it, in the belly of the beast, like it got pretty dark there. And, um, and I started again to notice those patterns and it's just being able to reason with yourself, like where you're at, but where you can get yourself. And there's that saying, there's a couple of things I want to say. It's what we've talked about. One is, um, and I just posted it recently. It's it's not too late to become the person you've like always wanted to be. Right. You can always make start making those habits, those changes. And uh, Eric Thomas is this is one mm-hmm. of my new favorites and has been for a while now. Is uh, not so I guess not a new favorite, but one of my favorites is uh, don't be upset about the results you didn't get for the work, the work you didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So exactly. far, and it hits me hard. I'm like, dang, like I definitely was upset about the results I didn't get for the work I didn't do for a while. And, and I, it's easy to blame the comp plan, blame the leads, blame the territory, yeah. blame all your environmental conditions. But the minute you take personal accountability, deploy self-discipline, anything is possible. I, mean, I was talking to other guests and they were talking about how sales changed his life and created an opportunity for him, his family, and to do things that he might not have been able to do because of his background, but going into sales and getting the skills and just 
it transformed his life. And so he's really passionate about that. So that's the thing about what we're in here is that you can control the fruits of your labor. Definitely. Because the harder you work and the smarter you work, let's not, let's not lose track of that. But I mean, any, any very tremendously successful person, I think always in my experience attributes it back to just, you know, obsession and hard work and putting, you know, putting the, uh, rolling your sleeves up in the work in quick question for you. I'm going to transition a little bit um, because you were talking about being in the dark place and it'd be struggling. And so, but around this time you've gotten engaged as well. We just mentioned it earlier. You got the that, was before, that was before that was uh, December 21 now. Oh, so you were already engaged. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so May, you're, it's May 27th uh, is when you and Kelly look like a perfect couple. We got, I love the, the pictures, but tell me how getting engaged increased your drive. Because I know oh, that's a big motivator for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, one thinking about like our future family too. And I, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, I don't, not every man has to be a, like the provider and everything, but I want to be, you know, that, 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 that rock for her and like my family and protect them both, you know, financially, I guess, physically, spiritually, spiritually. Uh, you name it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I just want to, you know, want to be there there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the man of your home and you know lead by example and be present i know that's important to me right now too and i'm cool with that however the goal is to eventually you know make it so she doesn't have to work i don't want her to have to work that's kind of like the i guess that's a better way of putting it i don't want her. so man you've got to work your tail off right i want it like i literally i I seriously i want it i feel more purpose and like I, i i love it i like work um no you know not every day it's not like i wake up every day like actually a lot of days I do get excited, but it's not like there are tough days. Like even today was tough. I didn't get like a more, as much sleep as, as I usually do. And like, I got like five hours of sleep. I still got my leg workout, get workout in it was a hell mm. of a workout. I still got up and like pushed through it and gave like my all today and stuff. And it's, it's just making that, that choice every day that, you know, regardless of how the hell I feel, I'm still going to not waste this day and do what I can and get what I get everything I can out of it. So Okay. Uh, we'll tip it there. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. I, you know, getting, uh, I know when I got engaged, uh, that definitely fired me up in a big way. When I, when and my kids, uh, young in life that it's like, these things create a lot of compelling momentum for us and urgency to, to get after it and kind of forces us to focus. And, you know, I think it's good for people to stretch themselves that way and take on that additional responsibility and have those stretch goals so that, and you figure it out along the way. I think uh, some of the best advice that was given to me by a manager uh, early in my career, I was getting ready to make a big decision and he said, go for it. Cause I didn't have like the path. I didn't, I couldn't see how I was going to be able to make this thing happen. I was trying to buy a house early in life. I mean, I was not like, how am I going to, am I going to be able to afford this? Like really it was scary yeah. as hell. And to just do it, you'll figure it out. You'll find a way. That's that's how we are. And you know, when you put yourself those circumstances around you, getting engaged, getting married, having goals where you want to be able to be the the primary breadwinner and provide, and so that she can, you know, that's yeah, that's a big lofty goal. And but you'll figure it out, right? Yeah. Rapid fire for you. So I, I promise I wanted to get these things in. And you, because you talk about um, you know the workouts and the routine. Talk to me about your daily routine and talk to me about your activity levels because the two those two things, right? So you, every day you have to attack the day um, in order to be successful in sales, right? Your activity levels, you're making contact with people, but it it's not just the activity and the calls and the emails. There's a holistic approach that you take to this. Yeah. Uh, so daily, 
now it's morning workouts. I'm waking up like typically before six. Get uh, get. I'm not. I don't work out fasted. I don't agree with that. I don't like it. At least for lifting. So have like. Well, thanks for telling me that because that's what that's what I think about when I think about working out in the morning. I think I trying to lift weights in an empty stomach. That's. No, I I recommend a banana and honey. Anyone listening, it's really good. And then maybe like a little bit more fruit or like something like pretty easy to digest carbs. It gives you more energy and some electrolytes. And I, oh yeah. First thing that I don't talk about enough. Very first thing I do every single morning is chug a liter of water with electrolytes. Um, Absolutely just down it. It's no coffee. Nothing is coming in before. Like I'm downing that water um, with electrolytes. It's important to to note that. No, it's, I use soul salts. So I'm I'm plugging like a product. I don't have a discount code for this, but it's SOL salts. Uh, The guy sold in the show notes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good stuff. And then, so yeah, workout, get back. Uh, also sauna, get back, cook my breakfast. And I'm usually like starting work by eight, um, maybe eight 30, eight, eight. I kind of give myself like, a little flex zone. Well, there's a note there too. Cause there's some cats out there that ain't starting working until nine o'clock in the morning and just run out of bed and hop it on the laptop. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I won't be, I, I mean, I'm not hating. I'm just saying like, no. uh, some people can do that too, yeah, though. Yeah. And that's, that's where, that's why I want to have like, so there's some nuance to this and that's where like a lot of like hustle culture teach his own it's that's right exactly teach but for me that just wouldn't i would not be getting this like this quality of work that i would want um so yeah then i was you started work you hit eight o'clock so are you checking email first in the morning are you reading articles are you hitting the phones you have some morning stand-ups like how do you let's get into the the work mode of being productive a lot of positive self-talk um, okay. It's something I don't I talk that. about a lot and I kind yeah. of forget. But yeah. Lots of, I posted about that just recently. This imposter syndrome is real, man. It's that narrative in our head. You got to get those affirmations in. Yep. Absolutely. And it only work. They only work when you like start like applying it to, and just like going out there and doing things like, so a lot of people, I don't know, you kind of hear about a lot of people doing like a- affirmations and stuff, but it's almost like cope. I feel like for a lot of people who, I don't know. And for those who are listening, you said cope with a P not Coke. Yeah. Cope, cope, C-O-P-E. Yeah. <laughs> um, where people are applying it. And I, and so I do it because I'm like, I'm about to go out and like, you know, cold call and hold meetings and stuff. And like, I gotta be, you know, on my, on my shit. Like I can't afford to, right. to be it's game time. And that's how right. I go to like this goes state. Like, gotta be in peak state. Exactly. Yeah, right. I can't make excuses. Like, Oh, I'm tired today. I didn't sleep as much. Like I'm in, I'm hungry to have breakfast. Exactly. Exactly. I skipped breakfast uh, yesterday. Because I'm like, you know, work comes first. I can, I'll be fine. I don't need to be optimized. Like I prefer to have my high, high right. protein. Four out of five days, you're going to do that. But you exactly. know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. And that's like something I like a lot of people on like the fitness side, I feel like don't talk about enough is where like you don't have to be. What you do need to do, though, is not mess up twice, you know, and get ah, back okay. on the wagon. Right. And so that's, it's the bounce back. It's like you can slip yeah. up. Everybody does. But can you can you can you jump back into the gear? that's the hardest part. And I, I obviously I'm doing the one-on-one coaching now as well on the side for, for fitness. And I've had a, several people mention that it's like, they do fine with, you know, eating pretty, pretty solid and working out, but then they, they, you know, they go out or they go on a little vacation and then boom, they're like, ah, oh, shoot. Like, how do I get back on? And it's like a huge kind of mindset. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I gotta do all that all over again. I gotta start all yeah. over again. And that's, yeah. that's what separates it though. That's where like people ask, like, how did you, you know, get in better shape? It's like, dog, like I wasn't always I didn't, I don't, I'm not perfect every day. Like, obviously I have a routine now and I'm much more disciplined than I was two years ago, but it's like, when I mess up, I'm right back on it the next day. I don't let me, I don't let it hinder for two days. Um, anyways, no, no, so I, 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 but you don't break. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I just 
and it's, it's not always easy too. like, it's a bunch of self-talk. Like, do you really want to, you know, mess up another, you're going to feel like shit tomorrow if you skip this. So like, just do it. And you feel better a hundred percent of the time after 100% of the time. Um, so then I work and then I get off. So if I work out, well, let's, let's back up. I mean, for those that are, I'm going to press you a little bit. Okay. So you did the, the mental exercise, the self-talk, Got yourself I music a lot too. I listen to rap sometimes or okay. Podcasts. I love that. I do. I see you on Instagram. Drop it. And for those that uh, Zach tried to rap a little bit, in college <laughs> I'm not going to drop the name, no links, but some of my stuff wasn't terrible. Some people, okay, yeah, but I Kelly's going to be pissed. I'm even talking about this, but like. I was in a. Okay, well, we, 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 I, I was going to make it freestyle, but I guess we'll forget about it. No, heck no. <laughs> no, but I want to. I want to tap into the calling and the email yeah. and the activity. So, can you? How, do you? There's no magic number out there of how many calls someone does a day and how many people they talk to a day and what their reply rate is. But can you talk a little bit about the volume and the effectiveness of your your activity on a day to day basis? And how do you structure it? Do you do a ton of shit and like calling in the morning? And then the afternoon, you're doing like admin, doing some follow up stuff, planning for the next day. How do you structure your day from a productivity standpoint uh, as a, you know, at, when you were an SDR, maybe now you're an AE? Yeah. Uh, so we have Mel, my, who became our head of SDRs. Right. She implemented something great for us was just having those blocked out times because I didn't have that for the first time blocking. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag. It was super effective, honestly. It just made me think differently about my day. Like, okay. Like what she brought up too, and which is a great way for me to think about it was, you know, not getting like running my day, not getting, you know, ran by the day or whatever. Right, right, right. Don't let your day I run you. days where they would be over and be like, what just happened? Like <laughs> I said like 15 calls, but it felt like I made a hundred. Like, um, so what I will say is, so I'm making like anywhere from right now is it, so I'm in a full, I'm a full cycle account executive. So right, right. So you're doing discos and working yeah. deals with the pipe. So it's not like, exactly. you're, you know, hunter, uh, hunting hundred percent time. Exactly. So as an SDR, I was making like 40 calls and it'd be like 10 to 20 emails. And again, our industry is a little different. Yeah. It's really hard to find contact. You, yeah, you got a little, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's, it's, Mel and Matt too. They're like, like, you know, it's different. It's not your typical, like here's CFO, here's CTO, like reach out to them. It's like, okay, here's a shell company. Here's, you know, LLC who's, and then call John's brother. uncle. Cause he exactly. owns the property. <laughs> I literally got, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty wild, but it's also makes you be like pretty creative. And it's another reason why you got to be sharp and, and on your stuff and also segment it. So to answer your question, I'm calling a lot. Typically I'm trying to get a lot of calls done in the morning. Um, unless I have like a disco or something or a demo, okay. then I'll, I'll prioritize that. And I'm, you know, getting ready and getting ready for game time. Um, so those days I'm typically making less calls, but let's say I don't have a disco that day. Um, but I have one the next day. So call for an hour emails to, um, prepare for like, sometimes I'm, I'm doing a little bit of prospecting in the middle as well. So really it's kind of everything together. He was doing prospecting right before this interview. I was. Yeah, so yeah. now, now when it's a day like today where I had a demo and it's, I don't, I'd like to do stuff after work when I'm in a more, if I, I like to take my eight hours or seven hours, whatever it is, and have most of that be calling an email outreach, finding people. There we go. Now there's the gym, right? Just green time all day, I'm old all day. RPMs and, you know, and then in the evenings, in the. You got to take that extra time, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, get, you it's, take that extra time if you want to prospect and listen, that's why calls is what well. I don't listen to my calls. Especially call. when you work in a startup, you know, you can't join a startup and think that you're just going to work seven and a half, eight hours a day 
you know, eight to five clock in, clock out and be done. Like you're joining, you know, yeah. a team and trying to take this thing double digit growth in a short period of time. This is not your average, you know, come and chill and collect a paycheck. You got to carry it. Yeah. Not at all. And right. which is, I love, again, it gives me even more purpose with my work too, where I'm like, I'm not, I'm very, like, yes, I'm a cog in the machine, but I'm very much a, a prominent cog in the machine. Like every mm -hmm. deal matters. <laughs> and, and I'm okay. Like it's, we're all working together that you don't feel like I'm, you know, distant from the CEO. Like we work with our, everyone, it's, it's very yeah, tight. No, I, your, your CEO sits in on your call reviews every week. Yeah. As he did he when I was that. around. Yeah. I mean, that's, just, he still that's, does. Yeah, that's that level cool. of engagement is, is important. You know, like, there's a quote and I've shared this in the podcast before. I learned this from uh, a regional vice president of sales when I was at Verizon, Rich Garwood. Uh, it, it says, and I've, I've put it on in social a bunch of times, but your level of engagement as a leader directly correlates to your level, your team's level of success. Right. So, and I, and I think Jonathan exemplifies that. One thing I wanted to ask you about is the, and we'll, we'll turn the corner here, uh, teaming with AEs. Now you've been an SDR, you've worked with AEs. So you had to form that, that synergy. Um, you had to learn from them, uh, you know, that, that, that dynamic of partnering with your account executives. Now you're an account executive and you have, I'm sure SDRs doing some, working with some SDRs as well. And you were saying you're doing your own prospecting, but yeah. my point is now that you're in that role, and talk to me about the dynamic of teaming and how that can be, uh, you know, was it successful? Was it easy? How did you form good partnerships? What can people learn from what worked in the teaming aspect with you and the AE SDR pods? So I will say at the beginning, it was a lot more blurred lines for what like was truly ICP. Mm. Um, so now I think the quality of the leads that are being brought to AEs are just significantly better than, you know, we're still bringing like some qual, like a lot of quality, but there was also, you know, some lots that, you know, we wouldn't take on nowadays. <laughs> and so it's so, ICP mixed with qualification criteria. Those things going to be. Yeah. Cause it, I'm learning now. It's like, it kinda, like that must've been tough for our AEs when we'd bring in some, we right. call it a frog. It's when it's just a frog. Like, yeah. It's a great, <laughs> it's, and um, not a grenade <laughs> yeah not a, no like we call it a frog and it's mm. a whole story but <laughs> so i can see now we're like they they were always great with us though and they knew how because they knew how, how freaking hard it was <laughs> right okay that's good they were they were with us and that's what was kind of great important point they'd all, yeah they'd all been a part of it they knew how challenging it was and so we were all like super supportive i mean i can't say like enough about how supportive like my three aes were blake ethan and and chad throughout my like growing process Shout out. Mm -hmm. yeah and brooke and carl like who came in hey carl me. hey brooke yeah heck yeah like we were all like soup like everyone supported each other everyone trying to make each other better and um i'm, I'm i can witness to that yeah exactly and it, it stayed that way and cool. now we have some some new team members as well who are doing well and yeah we just we we, we bought in together that's kind of where it really what, what it came down to we knew what the goal was and we just tried to make everyone better. It wasn't as much, there wasn't really ego involved. Like obviously you got to worry about yourself. Um, but there's also still that sense of like, we're all trying to make this grow. Like everything we do matters. So, you know, just put in the damn work. Really? Yeah, man. I and mean, it sounds like a very healthy culture as well at the, at, within the organization. So that's huge. And that's a, you know, there's a lot that you can unpack from, from what you just said, you know, whether you're an individual contributor or you're an account executive or the SDRs or vice versa, your revenue leader, CEO, like there's a lot of lessons that just came out of 
you know, that, that final piece. Last question for you, and I'll let you go. Uh, what does this mean to you? You can't just wish for it. Talk about that. That's a quote that you dropped on me when we were doing our prep. Talk about what that means to you. You can't just wish for it. I know your, your why is important to you. You talked earlier about wanting to be a present husband, father, eventually brother, son, like you want to be present for those that are around you in those relationships. Um, so that why is important to you and you're trying to make everything of your career, but tell me, what does it mean when you say you can't just wish for it? I think it just means you've got to be willing to, to struggle and put in that, I guess the common theme has been putting in that extra work that a lot of people are afraid to do and like want to talk about doing it. Right. You know, there's a lot of people that say they want to reach certain levels and there's a reason there's like a 1% of people um, that like reach a certain height. And I'm obviously not even close to whatever 1%. It's a very, it's a very like pocket or not pocket. It's a very nebulous term, if you will. Right, no, I get you. Yeah. It's the top performers. I mean, it's yeah, just, so many yeah. Do, just like, you know, and I think for too long, I kept thinking I should be reaching that level. And I compare myself a lot to people and I've been working on that a lot. And I feel like, but no one sees what actually is going on behind the scenes and what a lot of these people have done for so long to get to where they were. It's like, it's, it, I learned very quickly that, you know, natural talent starts to kind of just wane and mm. it really comes down to what the hell are you willing to do to kind of get to where you want to be? So can't just wish it. Can't think, why am I not here? What the hell are you just look? It's again, just looking in on yourself. Like, what are you doing to get to where you want to be? Is this aligned with your long-term goals? What are your daily habits? And it's not like I don't have fun. Like I like to have a drink. Like I like to do whatever and have, but I have, obviously I, I will say that I've cut out going out a lot more out of my life. Um, fresh out of college, I was doing it every weekend with my buddies. It was a great time. <laughs> but but not, but then like some like I moved out here to Denver from Columbus and I knew that I was that that this was something that was gonna happen where I was like, I, you know, I need to I have these like these goals and these these dreams. And you know, I write down what we talked about. I write down my 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 stuff for the day every single day. I will Put it up here if you guys mm. can see a little bird but i write my objectives for the day and i also write down like my my income goal in mind we have a revenue goal for our company that i write down every day oh, now. wow there you go yeah. bought in yeah exactly as well as a number of uh i also want to grow my social media so there's like three things that like i want to get however there's another good saying from naval i got i wish he, i hope he hears this <laughs> uh because he's just a he's a very smart dude but he was like the old wisdom is like you should, you should focus on like one thing to suffer for. Um, so I've, I've gotten a lot better at that. Like, what do I actually want? I think it's to be just a well-rounded person, successful in a lot of different areas. So right. I guess jack of all trades sort of thing, Matt, but like. Well, I think, I think you're pretty focused, honestly, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's clear to me that between family, fitness and business, you know what you're after and it all comes together and you, you you're taking a, a holistic approach to leveling up not just your career uh, but your life you know and it's all interconnected and i think that's a message i try to convey and uh, talk to people about is you know that is exactly that I mean, it's there there isn't this separate 
life when it comes to sales. Obviously, you can separate life from sales, but you know when you go all in on this type of career, there's you know, it's, you know there's no there's no there's no cap, there's no ceiling to it, you know. And you know, it's uh, I I admire the work ethic, I admire the focus, the openness, and the vulnerability with us today. And you know, there's so many lessons people can take away from this, whether it be tactical sales. Uh, tips and tricks and management advice. It can also be the holistic aspect of things as well. And so your journey to get to where you are, I know you still got a long road ahead of you, um, but sharing what you shared today, really appreciate it, man. Where should people go if they want to, you know, connect with you, yeah. learn more about what you're into? So uh, Zach Hazel at Fit, Z-A-C-K-H-A-Z-L-E-T-T Fit. That was my like fitness account. And yes, it's based around fitness, but the the main goal of that is to promote like discipline and self-accountability and, and taking control of everything in your life. It's just really easy to portray that with fitness because that's a step of it. Um, but I want people to know like the main idea of that is taking control of the things you can control in your life. Um, so Zach Hazlett fit on Instagram and then just Zach Hazlett on Twitter. You've been listening to the sales consultant podcast. If you enjoyed the interview and would like to support the show, please be sure to rate and review us on Apple podcast and or on Spotify please also consider following our LinkedIn page. If you're an industry expert or if you know an industry expert that should be on the show, message us on LinkedIn at the Sales Consultant Podcast.